Welcome back to the 13th episode of the Wire to Wire podcast. As always, I'm your host Yusuf, and we have another great episode for you. So without further ado, let's just get right to it. The 2019 NBA All-Star Weekend just wrapped up. Team LeBron ended up winning the game and Kevin Durant won All-Star Game MVP. Now Team Giannis was up by as much as 20 points, but Lillard, Kawhi, LeBron, and KD got it going and eventually led them to victory. Now this was a fun game and I really like the new format. The only thing I'll say is that Giannis should have drafted his team better. Team LeBron was just too stacked, but it was still a great game nonetheless. But for this segment, I want to focus on Saturday night. Now who would have thought that the skills competition and three-point shooting would be more entertaining than the slam dunk competition? Now I'm shocked that Stephen Curry lost to Joe Harris, but I'm even more shocked that Stephen Curry participated in six three-point shooting competitions and he only won it once. Now this is not to take away from Joe Harris, but I personally thought Booker or Curry would win. Now I bet other than Joe Harris's teammates that were actually lobbying for him to be a part of it, no one thought that he would win. I'm willing to go as far and say that no one even knew who he was before this event. But that's the thing about All-Star Weekend. Sometimes the guys you don't know end up beating the favorites. Do you guys remember Vishon Leonard? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But he won in 2004 and he beat Kyle Korver, Richard Lewis, and Chauncey Billups. What about Jason Capono? You guys remember him? Now I'm sure the real Raptor fans know him and not the post-2014 We the North era fans. But Capono won twice, and he beat Nowitzki, Steve Nash, Peja Stojakovic, Jason Terry, and Gilbert Arenas. So clearly these kinds of things happen. The only thing I would like to see change in the event is that they stop inviting scorers to the three-point shooting competition. Now if you're a scorer, then maybe you can hit threes off the dribble or you can hit threes in a catch-and-shoot situation. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you're a set three-point shooter. Now, I guess they were going for the names, but for me, I just feel like it takes away from the competition. Maybe you guys see it differently. But the skills competition was fun, and Jason Tatum ended up winning that on a half-court heave. But... I really want to get to what's on my mind, that slam dunk competition. Now for quite some time now, it's been inconsistent, but it's been leaning on the side of trash more than anything. Now the last good one that we saw was the one with Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. But other than that, it's been pretty tough to watch. Even on the Saturday night, other than Hamadou's Superman dunk, It was pretty whack. Now the NBA needs to do something about it. Now of course, here at the Wire to Wire podcast, I have some suggestions for the league to follow. So number one, open it up beyond NBA players. 
let those YouTube and social media dunkers have a chance to participate. They're not professionals, so you don't have to pay them much money. Also, you don't have to worry too much about them getting injured. They don't have a team that's responsible for them, and it's not going to impact the league's bottom line. Now, I'm pretty sure that's why a lot of superstar NBA players don't do the slam dunk competition, because to them, the reward isn't worth the risk. Now, here's how they can go about doing it. Have a talent pool of potential dunkers, and let the fans vote on who should participate. Now, these guys will be hungry to showcase their skills and put on a show. And secondly, let's stop making the slam dunk competition the final event of the night. It's so anticlimactic. As we've seen this past Saturday, the first two events were so much fun. And then you end the night with that. It kind of spoils everything. I mean, imagine, it's like going to a concert and the opening act does better than the headliner. You didn't even pay to see the opener, but they're somehow doing better than the headliner. I'm pretty sure as a fan, you'd be disappointed. Same thing with this. So do the skills competition first to start strong. Do the slam dunk competition. And then you end the night with the excitement of the three-point shooting competition. With how it's been the past few years, this seems necessary. I mean, yeah, it's a break from tradition, but it's time for a change. When the All-Star game seemed to be getting dull, they made changes to it, so why not do the same thing with this? And third, no more Vince Carter tributes. Donovan Mitchell won last year using Carter's jersey as a prop. But I'm just personally tired of seeing people use Carter's dunks, and they're not doing it nearly as good as him. I mean, it's like having Maroon 5 do a cover of Michael Jackson. Now, I understand Carter was iconic and he put on a special performance in 2000. And as a child, I went crazy and I'm sure everyone did. And it was a staple of our childhood memories. But let's just leave it as that, a positive memory. Let's not do anything to recreate it or to taint it or to take away from it. Let's retire those dunks. And the last one, and to me, I felt this is really important. Don't let John Collins participate ever again. Now, this guy brought out six pilots in gear. Actually, we don't even know if they were real pilots. They just wore the clothes. And he makes them bring out a replica of the original plane. And this guy barely jumps over it. So you did all that theatrics to do that? For that alone, he shouldn't be allowed to compete in a slam dunk competition. I mean, seriously. But I'm going to end it with something positive. So they did a great job with the musical performances. Meek Mill did his thing, and he was a great opening act. And J. Cole killed his performance at halftime. I almost forgive the league for what they did in 2016. They had All-Star Weekend in Toronto and they made Sting perform at halftime. I mean, Drake was there the entire time and they had Sting do it. Anyways, those were some great performances 
And it seems like the league is in touch with mainstream culture and what fans want. And I hope they continue to put on great performances like that. Because it does make a big difference for a game of that magnitude. Anyways, we'll take a quick break. I'll be right back. So the NBA announced its plans to launch a 12-team league in Africa. Now this is an incredible look for the NBA. Adam Silver and whoever else is involved are geniuses for this. Not only will it help spread the reach of the game, but it's great economically. Now Africa is a huge emerging market and it will be one of the largest economies in the next decade or so. So what better time to capitalize on it than now? Now think about soccer and the global impact it has. I do believe that's what the NBA is angling for and this will almost certainly achieve that. Now this league is set to launch in January 2020 and that's literally right around the corner guys. So this is an exciting time for the NBA and for fans of the game. Plus, as this league grows, more teams will join. So this is a win for everyone involved. Now like I said earlier, I have to give credit to the NBA and to Adam Silver for recognizing this opportunity and acting on it. There's also reports that Barack Obama will be involved in this league. They're still having discussions as to what his specific role will be, but they did say that he'll be directly involved. I could also see Masai Ujiri going over there and overseeing the basketball operations for this league. I think he would be the perfect guy to do it. Now, in typical Yusuf fashion, I got to throw this in here. Now, you guys want to hear something funny? These players will probably still end up making more money than WNBA players. <laughs> okay, I'm just playing. I'm just throwing a little bit of humor in this. But it'll be exciting to see what happens. I'm sure there'll be more details revealed in the coming months. But yeah, we'll take a quick break and I'll be right back. Now the final segment is about Damian Lillard, aka Dame Dalla, aka Dame Time. Now I like him, and he's honestly one of my favorite players in the league today. To me, he's one of the most underrated players, period, but especially at that point guard position. Now I believe that's because he plays the same position as Stephen Curry and Russell Westbrook in a crowded Western Conference, but he can give anyone the work on any given night. He's a special player and a special talent. Now he recently said this, and I'm quoting here, I do want to win a championship, but it's other stuff that means more to me. It's almost like I'm not willing to sell myself out for that. Obviously, we all play to win a championship. I want to win a championship. I compete to win a championship. But I've learned that it's about so many other things, the relationships, the impact that you have on other people and their lives, and the impact that you can have on their careers. So for me, I enjoy that. And it could affect too many people. Now I appreciate what he's saying, and it's actually quite noble. He also, later on in this quote, he also talks about 
how he doesn't like the idea of trading players because of the impact it could have on not just the player themselves, but their family and having to uproot and move to another city. And I do want to get back to that point later on. But as you can tell from these quotes, he's a high character guy. Now, like I said earlier, he's one of my favorite players because he plays with passion and resilience. But I don't like this comment. Now, I appreciate loyalty, and I think that's hard to find in the NBA today. But that's because these owners made it that way. They've treated players like commodities. And when these owners want to do want to do what's best for themselves, but they disguise it as doing what's best for the team, or it's just business, the players are the ones that get sacrificed. Now, like I said earlier, Lillard said he's thinking about the family members of his teammates and the people that could be affected. But you know who doesn't think about that? The owners don't. And I don't think Lillard should take that responsibility upon himself either. Focus on yourself and your career. Also, I don't know if I agree with the selling out in order to win a championship, but I do believe a player can sell themselves short. Now, Katie didn't necessarily sell out by joining the Warriors, but he did sell himself short because I do believe that he is talented enough to win a championship. And he didn't have to do it by joining a 73-9 and team that came back from a 3-1 to deficit to beat him in the Western Conference Finals. But you know what? That's neither here nor there. Let's just forget about that. Let's get back to Lillard. By you being open about your loyalty, it gives the organization a green light to take things easy. Now, you're going to go out there every night and bust your ass in order to win games. And the team will be negligent. They won't add pieces. And they're going to sit on their laurels while you're out there fighting. And when you confront them about it, you know what they'll say to you? I thought you liked being here. They'll use your loyalty against you. And then, when you're fed up and you want out, they'll throw you under the bus and say that you're being selfish. And the media will jump on you and attack you and they'll take these quotes and use it against you. So the thing that made you special will now make you a target. Now, here's another thing that can happen. Now, let's just say, hypothetically, Anthony Davis or another superstar of his caliber would agree to staying long-term with the Portland Trailblazers. You don't think they'll trade you in order to make that deal happen if it came to it? You'd be on the red eye to whatever city they ship you off to. Now, it's a harsh reality, but it is what it is. Now... Everyone says, I want to win with the team I started with, and I want to stay here for the rest of my career. But the reality is, it almost never works that way. I mean, it's like marrying your high school girlfriend. Now, I'm sure there's people that have done it, but very rarely does it happen. And to those listening right now, I have a question for you guys. Are you married to your high school girlfriend? That's exactly my point. Now, Lillard, don't be, so o- don't be so open with your allegiance. To me, it's not a good luck. Now, I'm sure the old school get-off-my-lawn players love it. But guess what? Those guys are full of it, too. They have either done the same thing 
or they would do the same thing. Now let's not act like Barkley didn't force his way out of teams to chase rings. Did, Port, did Paul Pierce go to the Celtics organization and say, I don't want you guys to trade for KG or Ray Allen because I want to win on my own? Didn't Kobe try to force his way out of LA twice? Didn't Pippen leave the Bulls so he can continue to chase rings? Now my point isn't to knock these guys or throw shade at them. I'm just using them as examples to show you guys that the league doesn't always work this way. Now these analysts and former players will say, oh, I love you. I love his comments. But guess what? When those same analysts and former players talk about some of the best point guards, they're going to purposely leave Damian Lillard out because he doesn't have a ring. Now me personally, I think rings are a stupid, arbitrary measure that's based on situation and circumstance. But you know what? In the sports world and the sports climate we're living in today, apparently it's the end-all be-all. But that's what they'll do to him. They talk out of both sides of their mouth. Now, Damien, don't be vocal with your support. Just keep the team guessing. Because that is what holds them accountable and forces them to surround you with talent so you could compete for a championship. Anyways, I'll end things off here. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'll catch you guys on the next episode.